Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or who are searching for a better way to live. In this series, The Life, you'll study the life of Jesus. Who is he? What is he really like? Does he care about me? Rich and Susan Collenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from their lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. They found biblical answers and now share their experience of freedom on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. And we would like to welcome you once again to Freedom to Choose. This is program number 58 in the series The Life. And we're going to title this one The Feast at Simon's House. This is one of my favorite stories. This is one of your favorite stories? I think so. Good, good. Well, let's open with a word of prayer, then we'll get into the story. Okay. Uh, Loving Father in heaven, thank you so much for um, your ways and your designs in which you like to bring life and happiness to each individual. We just pray right now that you would send your spirit to um, guide our our thoughts and our understandings, and um, may we all grow closer to you because of this program, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, and the kind of the backdrop of this this story, um, of course, this story is uh, based on Matthew 26, uh, Mark chapter 14, uh, and John chapter 11. Uh, the backdrop of this thing, of course, is, um, you know, Jesus is going to be king. Mm-hmm. But what did they expect? Well, they expected him to come in and be an earthly king and to come in and to wipe out their um, oppressors. Their earthly enemies. Right, and to restore what they felt was their right to um, live, um, you know, with riches and uh, of this world. So they were expecting this temporary... writing of all the things that they thought that they had been wronged by. So can we call him a carnal king then instead of a spiritual king? Is that what they that's wanted? That's what they wanted. They wanted a carnal right. king. They wanted not an a, earthly king. Yeah. Not, yeah. A, not a spiritual heavenly king. Right. Okay, so so this feast at Simon's house, um, and we're, we're going to talk about Mary and how thankful she was because she was very thankful. And she goes in there, and it's a sacrifice. She's got this alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, cost very much, and she's going to anoint his body because he is a king. Mm-hmm. Not the kind of king they wanted, not the kind of king they expected. There was a big letdown to them because of— So everything, everything in this story, almost, to me, is backwards from so- what— the carnal mind thing. So is, is and I think this has always been my understanding, that this Mary was the was the woman that was thrown down in an adultery? Mm-hmm. That's my understanding as well. Commentators think that, yeah. So she was the one who had been forgiven so much and had had, um, you know, a real, ba- a real um, relationship with the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, being forgiven and the demons were cast out mm-hmm. and, and just a... Uh, 
a real uh, restoration of her mind mm-hmm. with with her experience with Jesus mm-hmm. from her past. Right. Um, and so she goes into this feast and she breaks this box of ointment and pours the contents upon the head and the feet of Jesus. Then as she knelt, weeping, moistening them with her tears, she wiped his feet with her long flowing hair. The ointment filled the room with its fragrance and announced her act to everybody there. Yeah, now number one, she's a a, a woman a woman at a feast to start off. And you know what? I want, kind of want to um, talk a little bit about women in the Bible because, like I say, this story flips everything around when upside you st- down. upside down, right. and it really does. Let's talk about. And, and what would the Bible be without women in it, and especially when we start talking about the role of women? Number one, what was the last thing God created in the creation week? His there, crowning act of creation was the woman. And a lot of people will disagree with that and just simply say, man, what was the last thing he created was a woman. Right. Right? The crowning act. Of his creation. Of his it, of a li- living creature. Ma- yes. Made mankind complete. Right. Adam was perfect, but he was incomplete. He was incomplete and without so, that help. Without mate. yeah, without that so now they balance one another. They're they're there to support one another. They both have a diff they look through a different lens. I know with Susan and I, she looks through a lens that, that is very <laughs> helpful. You know, they need help. They need it. And me, I'm looking I'm fact based. Right. And so I'm gonna run along and I'm gonna analyze everything. But so with sometimes facts. it's a it's an emotional versus a fact or a right. Um, you know, it, I don't know if anybody has ever seen the pastor. He talks about a woman's brain and the man's brain and how they're connected. And a woman's brain is like a super highway and between every, the left and right. Yeah, and, and, and everything and, connects and there's sparks going off at all. You know, just a bazillion miles an an hour. And a man's brain is like a dirt road. Yeah, it's got right? a con- yeah. With the con- left and rights <laughs> yeah. connect with the dirt road. Exactly. Because there's and and I I'll attest to that. I, I analyze everything factual, and I'll I'll make my decisions. And I, and a lot of times it, they it, my decisions will harm people because I'll go through like a bulldozer and say, well, this has to be done. This has to be done. This and then Susan but, will say, well, what about this? What's the right thing to do? And see, the thing is, is that as you come in union with another person, you can balance, you know, there's a, a, a give and take and a balancing act between the two. The lens changes. Exactly. You look and, through life with t- two different views. Right. And each one can influence the other yeah. and hopefully, you know, to it, the right end. It can be helpful, very helpful. Um, what's God's name for a uh, a pure church. It's the woman. A woman. Right. Interesting. Um, who was the most amazing evangel- evangelist? Well, the first one we learn about in the Bible was the woman at the well, right? And what did she do? She had that encounter with Jesus. No, who, who was she? She she didn't even have a name. Right. We call her Sam because she right. was a Samaritan woman, right? Right, exactly. Did she bring back one or two people to Jesus? She brought, brought back the whole town. The whole town, and they were Samaritans. They weren't even Jews. Right. She evangelizes an, an entire town of, of Samaritan, uh, Samaritans which, to the Jewish leader. Which was she, such a ger- dirty word to a Jew. The word Samaritan was such a dirty, dirty word to a Jew that even when Jesus told the story about who is my neighbor, they wouldn't even say the word Samaritan. They said the one who had mercy on him. Well, and not only that, but I think when they were first coming into Samaria, didn't the um, Oh, yeah, they wanted to blow say, him up. Yeah, 
call should we call fire down from heaven you yeah. know and so here Jesus treats this woman whom you know they referred to as dogs right so kindly that she inv- evangelizes so the so the woman evangelizes an entire town um, and so for the most part throughout Jesus's life who was with him from the, during his last days of his life all, or his last weeks of his all life all the way to the cross all the way to the, the cross women. all the way to the grave right the women right yeah, it was the, it was the women. for the most part the women who was the first to see him resurrected. A it, woman, a woman, Mary. It was Mary. Yeah, whose job was it to anoint the king? A That's high, a big one. Right? Whose job in the because the only Bible that Jesus had at the time was the Old Testament, and when you looked in the Old Testament at who anointed the, the king, who was it? It was the high priest. The high priest, and so here we are at a feast. So Samuel the high priest came and anointed King Saul. Yes. And he also anointed David. David, right? Right. And you see throughout the Bible that the anointing was by the high priest. Right. Right? And but look at here, the feast at Simon's house. Who's anointing the right. new king? Right. A woman. And, and and then we you know, you go on and you you see the dynamics of the whole situation, right? For her to um and I think you're gonna talk about Judas and everything, but she probably wasn't even supposed to be seen at this well, feast because it was, you know, leaders and men, and it was, you know, it was just culturally against all culture for a woman to even be there, let alone to, you know, make such an impact. And and look how Jesus, what he, what Jesus is doing here is he's moving, he's moving humanity because we have this written record. He's moving humanity away from this super patriarchal society on steroids that kicks a woman to the curb, you know, where, where, where a, a, a man would marry a woman and then he'd just... Find someone younger. Find someone <laughs> younger, kick her to the curb. When Jesus says, you know, number one, we don't like divorce. Right. Number two, um, if you look at a woman to lust upon her, you've already committed adultery. So, in other words, he's starting to stand up for the woman. Right. So he says, you know, if if you must follow your lust in this way, then treat the woman right. If you're if you're kicking her out and you're going for another woman, do right by this woman who was your wife. Give her camel's fare. Absolutely. You bet. You know, take care of her because, um, and you know, th- not everything got righted in Jesus' time. So there's still a lot of, um, even to this day, I think a lot of misunderstanding as to... Um, you know, the role of people, right, and the yeah. role of women and the role of men, and um, but it's okay because Jesus is still working with us all. Yeah, God yeah, is still and all with us He's all. doing, He's turning the boat. He's right. getting the boat turned, um, and and that's good. And but see now, Judas, who really, really wanted the carnal king, he really wanted them Romans to be put down. He wanted Jesus to just. Load his guns and turn them on Caesar, right? Right. And so he really didn't like what Mary did, uh, and he makes suggestions, uh, you know, kind of spreading, you know, she shouldn't do that. Yeah. Right. 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 So Judas turns to the other disciples and he says, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and he had the money bag and he put 
the money into the bag. So Jesus doesn't have a heart for the poor. He had a heart for himself. And Judas. He wanted, I'm sorry, Judas. Yeah. Had a heart for himself and wanted to take that money and put it in his own pocket. But doesn't it make logical sense to the carnal mind? Look at all the waste right. here. This is really expensive. Right. We could we could feed people with it. So, see, so it, it makes total sense. And so he can sow the, the seeds of disaffection by making total logical sense. Right. Yeah. So Mary heard these words of criticism. I'm sure that, that it kind of quivered her up. But then Jesus says, let her alone. Why trouble ye her? And he also, you know, I'm sure Jesus noted that she was embarrassed and, and he, he knew that this act was her expressing her gratitude for the forgiveness that he had given her. And he knew that this act was bringing relief to her mind because she was forgiving. Absolutely. She forgiven. And so his voice went up above the murmur of criticism that was gone, going on. And, and he said, she has brought a good work for me, for you always have the poor with you. And whenever you can, you want to, you can do good to them. But me, you, I won't always be here with you. She has done what she has, what she could do. She has come ahead of time to anoint my body before my burial. And I, I, now the gravity of this scene. Here, all the men, the Jews, are following him. There's a controversy, and Jesus sticks up for the woman in the crowd who has just spent a bunch of money anointing him. And so he's making it. And it, is this not how the spiritual battle is fought? Does not Jesus stick up for you when you're being accused? Does he not? You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. even our own self-talk will com- condemn us. And, and I know you do, and I do. I've got to go back to, okay, that's what my mind says about me, but what does Jesus say about me? Mm-hmm. You know, Because my mind, will, when it goes down, it will go down. It will tell me I'm worthless, I'll never amount to anything, I'm, I, you know, and I've done too, too many bad things. But then I have to go to, what does Jesus say about me? Right. And this is where it goes. She's she's actually he's she's stuck up for. And the thing too is that I think that so many times we can look at the imminent moment of our lives and think that everything is about that moment, mm-hmm. right? And Jesus is trying to say, you guys don't even know, but there's going, you know, I'm going to be crucified on a cross, and and you guys have no idea of all that she's done right. to bring me comfort because I am I'm facing certain death. And I don't even know if she knew. Right, she was just moved to do it. Right. And so the thing is is that there's so much I think that goes on in our lives and we don't see the the um, eternal consequence or the future of of what our actions today cause for the next day or for the next week or for the next year and how we can have that impact upon somebody's life. And I think that this is a really good example of how God can say, you know, how you treat people today can make a difference for eternity. So yeah. the other, the men and the disciples, they all ran except for John was there mm-hmm. at the cross. Yeah. But Mary was there and she kind of stuck with him mm-hmm. the whole time. Yeah. Not expecting a reward of heaven or anything else other than she just knew that she had been forgiven and that she had been changed and she had been restored to sanity. And man, that's that's worth, you know. Yeah, so she gets everything. to express her thankfulness Correct. while he's alive. Right, exactly. Which so, is, 
you yes. know, that's it seems to me like we go we hear all this stuff at funerals. Right. People right. are dead, then you talk and you say all those things that you wish you would have said when they were alive. Right. Mary gets the opportunity to do it and she has no idea what a big deal is coming right around the corner. Exactly. And yet here she is, she's moved to do it to express her gratitude before he dies so he gets to he gets to cuz remember now this is God but he's a human being. Right. And I often think what a big deal it was for that thief, that one thief to mm-hmm. say, hey, remember me when you come into your kingdom. In other words, you look like a loser right here in front of all these people, but you don't to me. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I'm, well, and, and I think, too, and I don't know if it's just because we're getting older and, and life is looking different now than it did, you know, mm-hmm. 20 years, 25 years ago. But it seems that... Um, I know for us, it's like God is saying, you know, do the thing that is going to bring comfort to the person, mm-hmm. even even if it's a card or a phone call or whatever it may be, make that impact and make that that daily impact on people's lives because we we don't know when it's going to be the last. Yeah. So, you know, be willing to um, to try to think of others throughout your day instead of just thinking about yourself. And I think that that's where Mary got that she, like I said, she had been so forgiven from by Jesus that, you know, her, her thought was about him and, and doing what she could to, um, to bring him comfort and to do right, for him. Right. I've heard a pastor say that we have say so. Mm-hmm. And I love that term. God, this is a beautiful thing about the universe. You have say-so on how good you want to make the day for other people. Absolutely. You know, I know you sent flowers to someone the other day. And we have, we can, we can do that. We can brighten somebody. We have, this is the beauty of God's universe, is we can brighten other people's day and we have say-so in how bright things can be. Absolutely. Or we have say-so on how dark things can be. Right. We can choose and so, like you say, if we set out to make the day better for others, that ripple effect, you cannot put a calculator on it. You cannot put a calculator. You can't put a calculator on the one liner you might have said to someone 12 years ago that they said that changed their life. Right. Right. You, you, can't, you don't know. But if we go around and we are planting those seeds, mm-hmm. not out of obligation, but just out of a sense of trying to make the world a better place. Right. You know, we don't have to. I, I I don't like the term blood on they, I, their blood is on my hands or this and that's the only reason I'm doing it because I got to get this out because I don't want their blood on my hands. That's a metaphor mm-hmm. for the guilt that you may have down the road. That's mm-hmm. all that is. Mm-hmm. It's a metaphor for incurring guilt for not doing something you should have done. Mm-hmm. That's all that is. So once again, we have we can make the world a better place. God has given us the the wherewithal to make the choice to do that. Right. We just, it, do we want to? Because we have say-so. We have say-so in this, on the way this planet runs. Absolutely. Because we're married to the king of the universe. This is a marriage, and both parties in the marriage have say-so. Right. If I want to take money out of my retirement account, guess what? Susan has to sign a spousal consent form. She has say so, and it's not my money; it's our money. <laughs> but you know, it's her money. <laughs> but she has say so. Right. In the marriage, in every 
every nook and cranny of it. Mm-hmm. We discuss everything, and this is the, this is the this is faith. This is commitment. This is a commitment to God. The marriage that we're in, we have the say so that God has given us, and He has say so, and He won't step on our feet, and we won't step on His feet. You know what I'm saying? We won't right because He's He's not just interested in us being robots and and playing a part in His play. He He wants living beings to be. Um, you know, his partners with right. in this whole big universal thing, right? It's not just a do as I say, because I say so. He's like, you know what? I want you to um, engage from your experience and what you learn and, and um, using your reason mm-hmm. to come and to participate in this thing we call life and mm-hmm. this human experiment, right? That we're all yeah. participating in. Yeah, in this dangerous planet, the, the, the more we choose not to have a positive influence, the more ammunition we give the devil. You know what I'm saying? Right. Imagine the ammunition that the devil had when Jesus was in Gethsemane. Every time he went back to the disciples, they were sleeping. Right. Now, granted, they were tired, and it's okay. But just imagine the ammunition that gave the devil. Look at them. You're going to die for them? They can't even stay awake. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's mm-hmm. how the devil uses things. He'll use our our carnal nature and, and, our, and our, our, weaknesses. our weaknesses and our incapabilities against us. Right. And and he, I think he can use them against us, and then he also uses them to hurt someone else. Yeah, right. Yeah. So and we can have a time when we're weak and we do the wrong thing or we say the wrong thing, and then that can have an effect on somebody else. And um, that's just not, you know, that's not the hard. way that God wants His children to treat each other. Yeah. So that's when, you know, you go back to categorizing people in groups, us versus them, and all that kind of stuff. It's not heavenly. Right. That's not how the kingdom of God works. Right. We're all human beings. We're all influenced by different spirits at different times, but we're all human beings, and we cannot look through lenses of groups, us versus them. Right. It's dangerous. It's divisive. The kingdom of God will have no distinct separate groups. It'll right. all be humanity. Absolutely. So, you know, you look at Mary and you think of, of all the—it's um, it, like this unexpected— high point in the life of Jesus, and it comes from this woman who was of ill repute, right? Mm-hmm. And that yeah. she was looked down upon. She was in a category. Absolutely. Everybody pointed at her and said, right. look at her, and then look at him hanging around her. And then, But then it's it's something that we've talked about for, you know, years and years and years, thousands of years, the yeah. act of, um, the simple act of her anointing Jesus. Yeah, and and here we are. She's a woman, like you say, of a bad reputation, and now she tries to do something right, and what do they do? They criticize her. Right. See, and that's how the devil operates. You know, you can't even do anything right. You can't even try to make that little feast a better place without someone having a problem with it. Exactly. You know, and so once again, so we see this, this Mary, she's not going to anoint the dead body of Jesus. She's going to anoint him while he's alive. And I... I think that this is this is priceless in how we should think of people. You know, one of these days, you or I are not going to be here. Right. And so, you know, do we say it now or do we say it over the casket? Right. You know? And so she chooses to say it now. Fascinating. Right, and and you can look at Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus. Didn't the right. Author, you know, they, they were in the shadows— 
and they weren't able to sh- to prove their love to Jesus until after his after. death. After. So, but the they beauty of God's it. kingdom is that they, he gives us the ability Absolutely. to do, to to correct course, mm-hmm. to continue to correct course. And it's it this is the beauty of God's kingdom and this picture of God uh, how Jesus navigates through and how he's treated by people and how he allows people to treat him and and, and how he forgives how and he forgives changes people and, and you know helps yeah. the Samaritan woman helps this woman who's a prostitute um, converts very rich Jews converts Zacchaeus conver- you know I mean Paul right he's running around thinks he's running he's doing stuff for God and he's actually doing stuff for the devil and God gets a hold of his heart so there's hope for all of there's us there's hope for all of us whether we're, we're a religious zealot or whether we're an addict. Right. There's hope for all of us, and we're going to have to wrap it up again, folks. Um, you can get a hold of us. Actually, if you want a resource, uh, www.justasiamministries.com, and Susan will ship you out a book or two if you want them. Go on our website, and you can pick that out or listen to these programs. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle, and you have the freedom to choose. Do I love my neighbor? Do you love them? Can I feel his pain and his need? Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple, The Way Out of Your Prison? Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.